Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Before we begin, a warning. This is a real-life murder trial, so listener discretion is advised. For exclusive content and bonus episodes, head to the Patreon. And a disclaimer, the evidence from the second witness, Elsa Christie, her voice has been altered. Now, let's begin. Previously on The Storyteller, Naked Villainy, the jury sees the full extent of Brenda's injuries. She had been struck on the face and head at least 20 times by a blunt instrument. Had Brenda's ex-husband been breaking into her home long before her murder? And she mentioned that her house had been broken into the previous day. She suspected her husband as she could not see any other person should enter and not steal anything. And the shocking declaration she made to a colleague and friend. If he killed her, he would do it so that nobody would know. It's taken 45 years to bring a killer to court. And for the first time in UK history, you'll hear the full murder trial and witness justice being done. It was a brutal murder of a brilliant woman who was a rising star in genetic research. It would now be almost like a script from Morse. The investigators swarming over the, the dreaming spires of university land. There was kind of palpable feeling of evil in the air. I was told it was just a massive blood in here. Two decades on from confronting evil. So did you kill your ex-wife Brenda Page? Evil is being confronted by the law. Did you kill her? No. She knew it was coming. He said he was going to kill her. If he killed her, he would do it so that nobody would know. Will his true nature be unmasked? Are you familiar with the tale of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? And can Brenda's own words help secure her killer's fate? A letter of a death foretold. This is the storyteller, Naked Villainy, written, produced and edited by me, Isla Traquair. Adrienne Jessup is a remarkable woman and a strong witness. Despite being in her ninth decade, she's clear, succinct and unwavering in her recollection of a statement that Brenda made to her. If Kit were to kill Brenda, he would do it in a way that no one would know it was him. Damning evidence for the defence case, and King's counsel Brian McConaughey was not going to let this slide easily as fact into the notebooks of the jury. It's important for you to hear this trial in as full a form as is possible, and that's why I'm not going to paraphrase the cross-examination. I want you to hear, for real, what a witness goes through, regardless of their age. Mr McConaughey is of course doing his job and doing it well. He has to challenge witnesses, but I think you'll agree at times it's hard to listen to, knowing the person he's challenging is 84. 
Could you look for me, please, at Crown Production number 165? Mr McConaughey takes her through some of the facts stated about her occupation and who took the statement before moving on to its contents. Does it say, I was fairly close to Brenda and after she was married, she sometimes discussed problems of her married life? Yes. Now, is that what it says? Yes. And is that true? Um, well, I say it's when you said there's problems. I mean, that the things weren't going 100%, but yeah. I shouldn't go into, into details. Okay. Yes. Does it go on to say, she said mainly because her husband could not get work and he took fits of depression? Yes. Is that what it says? Yes. And did you say that to the police? Well, it's in the interview. This is 40 years ago. So I, I, I appreciate I, that. But if it's down on this paper, yes, do you accept I think it was that you would have said it? I will have said it, yes. Oh. yes. You then describe something, I think, that you said in evidence. Brenda told me about the assault on her the Easter after their marriage. That's right, yes. They were packing cases to go on holiday when they had an argument yes. and he knocked her to the floor where yes. she banged her head. Yes, that was... Okay. She required hospital treatment. Yes. So... Did you say all that to the police? Well, yes, in the in, yes. Ah, and was that true? Yes. That's what she told you? That's what she told me, yes. I last saw Brenda about one and a half years ago when she stayed at my house for three days. Yes. Again, was that true? Yes. During this visit, Brenda told me the violence had continued on her by kit. Yes. Again, did you say that to the police? It was in the statement, yes. Ah, and was it true? Yes. So, this is a statement where the police are obtaining from you information about what Brenda told you about her relationship with Dr. Kit Harrison. Yes. And that, that's what the statement's all about, isn't it? Yes. The, the statement goes on for a few more sentences, but at no point... Do we see anything from you telling the police about a fear, if you like, that Kit was going to murder her? I know. I didn't say it in that interview. And my reason was this was something that was not sort of factual. I mean, the fact the hitting, she had told me about the other things, but they had actually happened. Well, and she told you they'd happened. Yes. You've no idea whether they happened or not. Well, that's what I told the police what, they, what I understood had happened. Well, what, I, what you told they the police... They were not actually interviewing me about um, my ideas about the crime. They were interviewing everybody whom Brenda had known and looking for background. So I was, well, I was, what, not, what I was not really thinking at that time of a crime and how to solve it. What they were interviewing you about was things that Brenda Page had told you? Yes. If Brenda Page had told you that if her husband was to kill her or murder her, he would do it in a way that nobody would find out, surely that was the opportune moment to tell the police that? Well, all I can say is at the interview it didn't come through that way. I remember the interview quite well and it did not seem to fit into that interview and I didn't say that. But as she said, and he said it to me, and that last time I saw her. You were re-interviewed by the police. So interviewed again by the police. Yes. Many years later. Yes. 
in 2015. Yes. So, I don't know what, 37 years had passed yes. since your, your first interview with the police. Yes. And 37 years had passed since Brenda's death. Yes. And when the police re-interviewed you in 2015, did you tell them then about what Brenda had said to you? I seem not to have done, but they, this was a very different interview. They came one evening completely out of the blue, and we just sat down, and I hadn't thought about Brenda for many years, of course, at that stage, so it was quite well, a different interview. You, you provided an eight-page statement to the police in 2015. Yes. Not mentioning anywhere. Again, that was... They were not actually bringing up the case again. They were just looking around for witnesses to see if there was a case to bring up again. It was quite a different atmosphere. Well, well. different atmosphere from what? From now, when there is, is a case. Right. But the whole purpose of the interview in 2015, and they told you this, was that it was a reinvestigation of the circumstances. Yes, and I'm a sort of bystander, and I've suddenly somebody comes through my door and starts reinvestigating a case. I haven't thought about it myself for years, so naturally I don't have everything in my head straight uh, of, away. Of course not, but you do have enough in your head to fill eight pages of a statement. Yes, that's what I remembered at the time. But nothing to do with Brenda Page telling you about if Dr Harrison was to kill her? I would just like to make it plain. When she made that statement, it was quite a shock, and I tried to forget it. At the time, it just was not something that I could really cope with very easily. But it did. she did make it. So, in 1978, had you forgotten it when you spoke to the police? I doubt if I'd forgotten so the explanation I was, I was, for... I really cannot remember what my state of mind precisely was. All I can remember is that they were mostly asking for the background of our relationship rather than in probing into a murder investigation. Well, if, if that was the position in 1978, it certainly wasn't the position in 2015. Yes, but they just appeared on my door just one evening without any warning at all. Well, let's look at that statement. Crown production number 166. Again, if you look at the first page, which is headed up witness statement, you'll see that that has your name on it, yeah. your age at that time as 77, and by that stage you are retired. Yes. And the statement is given on the 19th of March 2015... At 12.30 in the afternoon, it would appear. Yes. And it's given at your home address, and there are two officers involved, a Jen McCauley and a David Budd. Yes. This one, unlike the last one, is handwritten by the police officers, and you've signed it at the foot of every page. Yes. Yes? Yes. Now, if you turn to... You'll see that the pages are numbered in the top right-hand corner. And if you turn to page number one, 
you can see as the start of this statement, you explain in the statement what you've been told. Yes. I have been told Police Scotland are reinvestigating the circumstances surrounding the death of Brenda Page on 14th July 1978. Is that what it yes. says? Yes. And is that what you said to the police? Yes. Uh, and is that true? So, yes. So, th there can be no doubt, Miss Jessop, that at that time you knew why the police were there. I knew why they were there, yes. And throughout this statement, you give the police information about things that Brenda had told you. Yes. We can look at any page pretty much that you like and there are paragraphs that begin with I remember Brenda telling me, also one time Brenda told me. So the whole statement is about what Brenda told you. Brenda, there were things that Brenda told me about things that had happened, not concerns she had about what might happen in the future. That's why there is, that's why there's the difference. Can you look at page six for me, please? You'll see there's a paragraph about five lines down on page six, which begins with the words, when Brenda spoke about. Do you see that? Yes. Does it say there, when Brenda spoke about Kit after they had separated, she spoke about in, in a matter-of-fact manner? Yes. She seemed annoyed by him, but she didn't really speak about him Sorry, she didn't really speak about how she felt about him or the situation. Is that what it says? Yes. And is that what you said to the police? Well, it, it must be, yes, right. since it's down here. She did have a matter-of-fact attitude. Toward, that's what I think made this final statement so extraordinary, that but she suddenly produced this it, final... Interestingly... When you tell the police about how she was dealing with things in a matter-of-fact manner, you don't mention that statement. No, and she made that statement in a matter-of-fact manner as well. Oh, right. Yes. You still don't mention it? No, I didn't mention it. In any manner? No. And the first time you ever say anything about it is in 2020. Yes. When you're again interviewed by the police. Yes. Now... By that time, the situation was simply, as far as you were concerned, Kit Harrison was responsible. That was your view. Yes. And this comment is just a comment you added in, it no. never having been said by Brenda Page. No, you're wrong. She said it. I heard it quite clearly. So you recall it quite clearly? Yes. But you didn't bother to tell the police in 1978 or in 2015? No, because the interviews were not, at that time, at the same sort of level as they subsequently were. What, what was different in 2020? Well, they were actually setting up the whole, the whole case was being set up. Previously, it had been just looking for background on her relationships with people like me. In 2015, it was a, 
cold case review, a re-examination of the situation 37 yes. years after the event? Yes, we were sitting around the fire. It didn't come through like that. It didn't feel like that. It was just a quiet chat with a couple of police coming around. Thank you very much. This was intense to listen to, and I think everyone in the courtroom felt for Miss Jessop. But as I've said before and I'll say again, the defence counsel was doing his job and he was not willing to accept her explanation of omitting the claim of the threat. However, it certainly felt like Miss Jessop really stood firm against the cross-examination. The next witness differed from the others. This was a friend of Kit and not Brenda. Are you Elsa Christie? Yes. Tell us your age, please. 75. Uh, are you now retired? Yes. What was your occupation? I was a head teacher of a special school. Okay. Did you get to know someone called Kit Harrison? Yes. Would you recognise him if you saw him after all this time? I think so, yes. Do you see him in court today? Yes. Could you point to him, please? You point to the man in the dock between the two security officers. Thank you. What were the circumstances surrounding your first meeting with Kit Harrison? Kit was a friend of my cousin Charles, who was studying epigenetics in Aberdeen. And Charles thought that Kit would get on well with my husband because they shared many interests, such as book collecting, antiquarian books, classical music, gardening. When was this? It was in um, 75, I think, 75. And where were you living at the time? We were living in Edinburgh. And did uh, you meet with Kit Harrison? Yes, he came to to our house several times. And did you get on well with your husband? Yes. And did it transpire there was a mutual interest? Oh, yes. Did he stay with you overnight? No, never. Did you become aware of him being married? Yes. And did you ever meet his wife? Once, very briefly. And do you know her name? Brenda. Did you... Where did you meet uh, Brenda? Um, they'd been at a wedding in Edinburgh, I think, and Kit brought her around to meet us very briefly. And they were just in and out. How did they travel to your house? Um, he had a car. What kind of car? I think it was a, a Mini Clubman. A Mini what? A Mini Clubman or else a Mini Van. Right. Could you describe it? Green. It was green. Green? It was small and green. What about the the back of it? Was it like an ordinary Mini or was it different? I can't remember. Okay. All right. She was asked when that visit was and she said she believed it was 1976 because she and her husband moved to Luxembourg after through his work, but they returned to Scotland every summer. Did you later learn of the death of Brenda Page? Yes. How did you learn of that? Um, On our way back for our summer holidays, um, we stopped at the police station and the headline news in the newspaper was about her murder. Right. Did that information cause you to reflect on anything which had occurred? Yes. What was that? Kit had phoned me either the day before or the day before that um, in a vast state of depression. Um, Just before you go on, when you say the day before or the day before that, what days are we talking about? The day day when we came back from Luxembourg was the day that I saw the newspaper article. Right. 
And Kit had phoned me either the day before or two days before while we were packing up to come back. From what you could tell from the newspaper article and thinking about the call, was the call before Brenda's death? Yes. Tell us about the call. He said he was going to kill her. Did you speak with him on the phone? Yes. It was me he called. Yeah. And what, what did he want? <laughs> he phoned up quite often in the few years while we were in Luxembourg, when we didn't see him. He got very depressed. He often phoned up just to tell us how depressed he was and how worried he was about his job. Um, and he was looking for sympathy. And he phoned to tell me that Brenda had, he said, she had stolen his research, um, taken all the credit for it. He was very angry and he was going to kill her. And I said, I said, calm down and don't be so vindictive. Did, did you take that seriously at the time? No. How was he throughout the conversation in terms of his demeanour? He was ranting. Was there anything else discussed other than this assertion that Brenda had stolen no. his work? No. Do you know why he would want to tell you that? Because he used to phone me. Um, when he was depressed, and I would try and cheer him up. Do you recall the exact words he said he used? No. He did say kill. He did say kill. Right. At the time of the phone call, did you think anything more of it at that point? No, I just thought he was... Um, been one of his deep depressions and um, didn't think any more, more of it. It never occurred to me that he would do it. How soon after that conversation was it that Brenda was found dead, do you know? I don't. But the newspaper... The newspaper told me. ...told you, and was that... It was in, within two days of the phone call. That's what I'm getting at. So that was a fresh <coughs> report of the death? Yes, right? yes. So the telephone call was within two days... Yes. ...of that uh, discovery. Right. On learning of the death of Brenda Page, what thoughts did you have about telling anyone about this conversation? I didn't tell anybody because... Um, I thought, well, it says here's the evidence, it's not going to be any use for anything. I see one thing, he says the other. Um, also, by that time, it was obvious that my husband and my children were all very ill with mumps. Um, and as it was to do with my mother-in-law, and it was all just too much. Did the police come and speak to you? Yes. I... Do you recall when that was? It was later that summer. Right. So still in 1978? Yes. Did you, what was the purpose of the police speaking to you? Because I had told, I'd been to Edinburgh while we were in Stirling um, to visit my cousin, another cousin, and she could see I was very disturbed about something, so I told her what had happened. Um, and I think the police interviewed her because she used to work for the same escort agency as Brenda did. Right. Did you tell the police about this conversation yes threat to kill yes are you clear about that in your own mind yes 
that you told the police? Yes. Have you subsequently been shown the statement that yes. was drawn up? Yes. Um, did, they don't mention it. It's not mentioned in no. the statement. No, I don't understand why. Right. You were shown a, a, a typed statement, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And you, did you notice that that comment's not there? Yes. Do you know the reason why it's not there? It was all very shambolic. The police really didn't seem to know what they were doing. There might be a number of reasons. One might be you didn't tell them at that time. Is that a possibility? It's very unlikely. But That's unlikely? Yes. Right. Although, do you dismiss that entirely? No. The other possibility is you did tell them and they haven't recorded it. Yes. Are you in any doubt in your own mind that that conversation took place? Which conversation? Sorry, the conversation with Kit Harrison saying that he was going to kill... Oh, no, I remember it fairly. Did you ever have any concerns about telling the police about that conversation with Kit Harrison? In other words, did you not want to tell them? I didn't want to. Was I, I felt I had enough to cope with at the time. Um, and I didn't think it would help because um, it, it would just be his word against mine. So it wouldn't be, it would just be his evidence. Right. So just so we can be clear about why the comment is not in your first statement, are you able to tell us now or are you not able to help us as to whether you said it or, or chose not to say it? I'm sure I said it. Okay. But in any event, do you recall it now? Do I recall... Do you recall the conversation? With the police? No, with, with Kit Harrison. Oh, yes. Okay, thank you very much. Well, Mrs Christie, let's explore that a bit further. When you found out that Brenda Page was dead, you had had a conversation with her former husband two days before. Yes. And in that conversation, her husband, or her former husband, had threatened to kill her. Yes. You had a conversation with your cousin. Yes. And if I understood the implication of your evidence, it was that your cousin had effectively told the police to interview you. Yes. So the sole purpose of you speaking to the police was to tell them about the conversation you'd had with Kit Harrison where he threatened to kill Brenda Page. Yes. We'll look at your statement in a moment, but that statement doesn't mention that at all. I know. As, as I was saying, that the, the police, they were very young and, frankly, incompetent. Well, they might have been very young, but presumably they could write down what you said. Yes. And presumably you wouldn't imagine they would deliberately write down things that you didn't say. No, but I could imagine that they would omit to write down things that I did see. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how young they were. I don't think I even know who they were. But they would understand, you would imagine, that they were investigating a murder. Yes. 
and that evidence about someone having threatened to kill the victim would be pretty important. Yes, except that it wasn't useful evidence. Well, why not? Because it, because it was just a telephone call. So what? Well, there were no witnesses. I know there was no no corroboration. Well, you, you don't need to corroborate every little piece of evidence. Evidence from you that Kit Harrison had threatened to kill his soon-to-be deceased wife could be an important piece of evidence in the picture of trying to establish who killed her. You, you were a, a head teacher. You're an intelligent woman. You would see that that made sense. I was also a lawyer. Well, before I... Even better. Which just made me think it was useless. Well, presumably you didn't do criminal law. No. <laughs> so, you had effectively a threat from a person whom you had already decided was an important suspect in this case. But somehow or other, the police didn't manage to commit that to paper. That's right. It's remarkable, is it not? Yeah. Well, let, let's look at what, what you did say to the police. He takes her through every snippet that is correct. Her husband's job, where they lived, the interest in books that Kit and her husband shared, and a short visit by Kit and Brenda after they'd attended a wedding. We then look down to the foot of the first page, please. Does it say there, on Thursday, 13th July 1978, sometime about 6pm, Harrison telephoned my husband. Is that what it says? Yes. It was a short call, and afterwards, my husband said that he was of the opinion that Harrison was worried about his employment prospects. Again, is that what it says? Yes. Now, how does that get there? Sorry? How does that get there, that piece of information? Because, um... Either my husband spoke to Kit before I spoke to him, or else Kit phoned and to make two separate phone calls. Right, right. I can't remember. Where's the mention of the other phone call? But it's not. No. It's pretty remarkable, is it not? No. Well, as I say, these young policemen were totally incompetent. These young policemen who have, it would appear, managed to record everything pretty well up until that point, get the most important part of your statement wrong. Yeah. You don't think that's remarkable? No. That the two police officers sent out to take a statement specifically from you about what you had heard Dr. Harrison say, omit to put that anywhere in your statement? Yes. You don't think there's anything odd about that? It's odd, yes. But you wouldn't think it would be remarkable? Yeah. No. So, not only does it not mention the comment, 
it doesn't actually mention at all the fact that you even spoke to him. Not in the statement, no. No. Well, that's what we're working from, yeah. the statement. So, they haven't just omitted the threat. They've omitted the conversation in its entirety. Yes. They've omitted the fact that he said what he said to you about going to kill her. And they've omitted the fact that you told him to calm down and not be so vindictive. Yes? He asked her if she knew whether or not Brenda and Kit worked in the same scientific field, and she did not. He put it to her that nothing about the threat featured in her statement. She replied that it did in the subsequent statement, which he shot back with 37 years later. At any point between 1978 and 2015, did you think to yourself, do you know what, it's a bit odd that nothing's ever happened about this, because I remember telling the police about that threat that Kit is. No, I didn't think it was odd, because I knew that he was very clever, and I thought they would never catch him. Well, he, he's not that clever, because he threatened her the day before he killed her, according to you. I mean, the simple fact of the matter, Mrs Christie, is that it's just absolute nonsense. What's nonsense? The idea that he phoned up made that threat. No, that's absolutely true. And that within a month, you've not bothered to tell the police about it. Or alternatively, they've not bothered to write it down. It's preposterous. Man, I'm sorry, but that's what happened. The statement goes on to explain that you learned it says, from your husband, but through the national newspapers about the murder of Dr Page. And it goes on to say, I immediately jumped to the conclusion that Kit Harrison could have been responsible for the death of his wife. Yes. Still in this statement, there's no mention made of a threat by him. That, that, if, if it had been forgotten the first time... Well, why, why would I think he'd done it if he hadn't phoned me until he was going to do it? Well, you explain exactly why. Well, because the police were interested in the movements of a green-coloured mini-motor vehicle and you immediately recalled that Kit Harrison had a similar-type vehicle when he called at our home in Curry two or three years ago. So you tell the police why you jumped to that conclusion. Nothing to do with the threat. No, it was entirely the threat. Right. Well, that would be the point to mention that, wouldn't it? Yes. If the police had forgotten the first time that it was you that had the conversation with Kit Harrison and not your husband, then the point when you were explaining why you jumped to that conclusion would be the point of saying to them, well, I jumped to that conclusion because he told me the night before he was going to kill her. Yes. But it doesn't say that. Well... It's not until the 17th of March 2015, 37 years later... Did you say anything about it? And the police question you then, basically, as to why is it not in your original statement? Yes.
Why would I want to make up something like this? Because you decided that Kit Harrison was responsible. No, he was a friend. I didn't want him to be responsible. The only telephone conversations that Kit Harrison had with you were a phone call when he told you that his ex-wife, Dr Page, had gone with a, a new boyfriend to first foot family of his in Edinburgh. And he asked you if they'd first footed you. I don't remember that. On another occasion, sometime after July of 1976, sorry, 1978, he called you and asked if he could leave some books at the house because he was going to a job in Switzerland. You know, he phoned me in Stirling and asked me if I would look after his animals. Well, that was the third one I was going to say to you, was he phoned you and asked if you would look after the animals? Yes. And you, you didn't at the time? No. But the idea that he called you the 13th of July, the night before the murder, and threatened his soon-to-be-dead ex-wife is simply a lie. Well, it is not. You see, if he never said that to you, that would explain why it's not in your statement from 1970. No, it it's not in that statement, because, as I said, these police constables were incompetent. Well, you see, that wasn't what you said originally. You seemed to accept when you were being questioned by the learned advocate deputy that you couldn't discount the fact that you never told them. He asked you that question. You answered it. Well, I suppose it's possible, but very unlikely. However, if he didn't tell you, that would explain why it's not there. If I didn't tell them... No, no. If he did not say that to you, he... that would explain why it's not there. He did. If he had a conversation with your husband about his employment process... That's a different conversation. Thank you. I think you'd agree that was a tough round of cross-examination. She was then re-examined by the advocate deputy to establish that the first statement was not signed by her, nor did she remember if it had been read back to her. Meanwhile, the later statement was signed, and it stated it had been read back to her. Are you in any doubt whatsoever in your recollection of the conversation which you told us about between yourself and Kit Harrison? None at all. Thank you. That was finally the end of day two of the trial, and the evidence was mounting up against Christopher Harrison, who'd been scribbling notes in an A4 pad almost the entire time. He had no public interaction with his defence team in the court and showed little emotion, even as his friend gave evidence that he told her that he was going to kill Brenda. In the next episode of the storyteller Naked Villainy, Brenda begged to stay with a friend after being hospitalised by Kit. I asked if she could stay the night with us. Kit had hit her. The deep love she had for her abusive husband. I think she loved him very much. She wanted her marriage to work but she was concerned. And the court hears Brenda had gone to the police more than once. She had been afraid and had run to the police on a couple of occasions. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review as it makes a huge difference to guiding people to hearing this important story. This is an entirely independent production and your support is greatly appreciated.
And if you want to hear exclusive interviews, longer episodes and insights, please head to the Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. This is a piece of history and you are for the first time in this format witnessing justice being done.